Welcome back to Mastering the Bar Exam. In this episode, we'll shift our focus to the concept of causation in tort law, delving into the principles that determine whether a defendant's actions were the actual cause of the plaintiff's injuries. To set the stage, imagine a situation where a driver runs a red light and collides with another vehicle, causing injuries to the occupants. Causation becomes a critical element in establishing that the driver's actions were the direct cause of the injuries sustained. One of the landmark cases that sheds light on the concept of causation is Paul's Graf v. Long Island Railroad Company. In this case, a plaintiff was injured in a train station when a package containing fireworks was dropped by a railway employee. The court had to determine whether the railroad's actions were the proximate cause of the plaintiff's injuries. To delve deeper into causation, let's explore two key aspects, cause in fact and proximate cause. Cause in fact, This aspect of causation, often referred to as but for causation, examines whether the plaintiff's injury would not have occurred but for the defendant's actions. In other words, it assesses whether the defendant's conduct was a necessary condition for the injury to happen. Proximate cause, proximate cause, also known as legal cause, involves evaluating whether the defendant's actions were closely related to the resulting injury foreseeably leading to it. It considers whether the consequences of the defendant's actions were within the scope of the risk they created. Now, for an interactive exercise, let's apply these concepts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Imagine a scenario where a construction worker fails to secure a heavy load properly, causing it to fall and injure a passerby. Discuss whether the construction worker's actions meet the criteria for both cause in fact and proximate cause. In the scenario where a construction worker fails to secure a heavy load properly, causing it to fall and injure a passerby, let's discuss whether the construction worker's actions meet the criteria for both cause in fact and proximate cause. Cause in fact, to establish cause in fact, we need to determine whether the passerby's injury would not have occurred but for the construction worker's failure to secure the load properly. In this scenario, it is reasonably clear that the injury would not have happened if the construction worker had properly secured the heavy load. Therefore, the construction worker's actions meet the cause-in-fact criteria. Proximate cause, proximate cause, also known as legal cause, involves assessing whether the consequences of the construction worker's actions were closely related to the resulting injury and whether the injury was foreseeable. In this case, the injury, the passerby being injured by the falling load, appears to be a direct and foreseeable consequence of the construction worker's failure to secure the load properly. It is reasonably foreseeable that failing to secure a heavy load could lead to it falling and causing harm to nearby individuals. Therefore, The construction worker's actions also meet the criteria for proximate cause. In summary, 
The construction workers' actions in failing to secure the heavy load both satisfy the cause-in-fact and proximate cause criteria. Their failure to secure the load was a necessary condition for the injury to occur, but for causation, and the injury was a reasonably foreseeable consequence of their actions. These elements would likely support a claim of negligence against the construction worker in this scenario. Understanding causation is crucial in tort cases because it establishes the link between the defendant's actions and the plaintiff's injuries. Consider a situation where a manufacturer produces a contaminated food product that causes food poisoning in consumers. To establish causation, it must be shown that consuming the contaminated product directly resulted in the illness. The case of product liability, establishing causation highlights the challenges and complexities involved in proving causation in product liability cases, where multiple factors may contribute to an individual's illness or injury. Proximate cause can be particularly challenging to establish in cases with remote or unforeseeable consequences. For example, if a driver negligently swerves to avoid hitting a pedestrian, causing a chain reaction collision, determining whether the driver's actions were the proximate cause of injury several cars down the line can be complex. Let's engage in another exercise. In a medical malpractice case, a surgeon makes an error during surgery, and the patient experiences complications. Discuss whether the surgeon's actions meet the criteria for both cause in fact and proximate cause. In a medical malpractice case where a surgeon makes an error during surgery, leading to complications experienced by the patient, let's discuss whether the surgeon's actions meet the criteria for both cause in fact and proximate cause. Cause in fact Cause in fact, often referred to as but for causation, requires us to determine whether the patient's complications would not have occurred but for the surgeon's error during surgery. In this scenario, it is typically easier to establish cause in fact because if the surgeon had not made the error, the patient would not have experienced the complications. Therefore, the surgeon's actions meet the cause in fact criteria. Proximate cause. Proximate cause, also known as legal cause, involves assessing whether the surgeon's error during surgery was closely related to the resulting complications and whether these complications were foreseeable. In medical malpractice cases, it is generally understood that complications arising from a surgical error are foreseeable consequences of the error. The patient's complications are directly connected to the surgeon's actions during the procedure. As such, the surgeon's actions also meet the criteria for proximate cause. In summary, in a medical malpractice case where a surgeon's error during surgery leads to complications for the patient, the surgeon's actions meet both the cause in fact and proximate cause criteria. The patient's complications would not have occurred but for the surgeon's error, and these complications are foreseeable consequences of the surgical mistake. These elements would likely support a claim of medical negligence against the surgeon in this scenario. Causation is a foundational concept in tort law, serving as the bridge that links the defendant's actions to the plaintiff's injuries. As we continue our exploration of tort law, you'll gain a deeper understanding of the principles that underpin this critical element. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we'll delve into the fascinating world of strict liability. Until then, keep your legal curiosity alive.